1999, moved back to Washington State from traveling around the country for four years. My grandmother let me move in with her for a while so I could get back on my feet again. I hated the basement of her house, I've always have, but it was free rent and she was cool with Chuck, my 90 pound black lab. Plus my grandma and I got along pretty well. Late one night, about three months in, I woke up because Chuck was moving around on the bed and he kept shaking the mattress. Then I heard him start grumping. You know those grumpy groans old dogs make when you scratch behind their ears and they love it? He started doing that. Once I realized what I was hearing, I sat up to yell at him to go back to sleep. And that's when I discovered the reason he was moving around so much. He was trying to get closer to the woman standing right next to my bed, scratching him behind the ear. I didn't scream and I'm proud of that. But also, what the actual fuck? Where did she come from? Who was she? Why the hell was she standing right in my room petting my dog at 3 a.m.? I was too scared to ask. I did the only thing I knew how to do in these situations. I hid under the blanket. Certainly she would be gone by the time I reemerged from under the blanket, right? That's how these things are supposed to work. I waited for a little while, but when I came out from under the blanket, she was still there. So I hid under the blanket again, three more times, and every time I came back out, she'd still be there, smiling at me and scratching my dog's ears. The last time I was under the covers, I realized that I wasn't actually afraid of the woman. Chuck and I met under stressful situations, and because of that, he and I had a super strong bond. I trusted him implicitly. If she'd meant me harm, he would have reacted to her negatively. His reaction was clearly positive, so I figured she probably wasn't there to kill me. So I came out from under the blanket for the last time intending to deal with the freaky woman still standing right next to my bed. Somehow I decided that turning on the light would make her disappear. I reached over and snapped the bedside lamp on. I don't know why I thought that would work. Is that even a thing? Are ghosts supposed to disappear in the light? Well, I turned on the light and she didn't disappear. So I don't think that's a thing. By then, she'd be standing at my bedside, petting Chuck for several minutes, and I was out of ghost-busting options, so I gave up on being terrified and just looked at her. And I mean I really looked at her. I can still see her right now in my mind, dressed up in a classy brown pantsuit with a cream-colored blouse. She had shoulder-length auburn hair, styled beautifully with these big loopy curls. She looked like she'd been on her way to a work party, and she only stopped by for a second to say hello. She was very pretty. She looked really happy. I didn't have the nerve to talk to her, or at least I don't remember speaking. But I stayed present 
and we looked at each other for a while. I remember having the distinct impression of her knowing I was there, of both of us being aware of the other. Then she stopped petting Chuck and walked to the end of my bed, stood up straight and proud, and dissolved away. I mean that very literally. First her clothes, then her skin, organs, and bones. Like that Nazi at the end of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I remember what her blood looked like as it dissolved away to reveal her skeleton. That should be a gross and terrifying memory, but I don't remember it like that. At the time, it felt like she was doing it on purpose. Like she'd wanted to leave with the most dramatic exit she could manage. I remember thinking, this should scare the pants off me. But also, wow. Somehow, I got back to sleep. In the morning over coffee, I was going to tell my grandmother about what happened. But she'd just received an upsetting phone call. Apparently, her best friend from high school, Ursula had passed away in the middle of the night. I'd heard stories about their teenage shenanigans, but I never saw a picture of Ursula, so I asked what she looked like. I couldn't tell you what she looked like these days, but when we were young, she had the most beautiful curly auburn hair. That's not the only weird thing that happened in my grandmother's basement, but it remains the most vivid and least scary. This story makes me question, do dogs really see ghosts? I have read numerous stories of dogs being able to detect some otherworldly presence, which will actually happen in the next story. And it's always creepy whenever I was around a dog and they would seemingly bark at nothing. I mean, it could be a chair or object in the corner of the room and, and sometimes I start having thoughts in my head. Could it be a deceased family member hanging out, unbeknownst to me? Um, not sure, but it's definitely something eerie about that. Since we cannot read dogs' minds or ask them questions to which we can get a clear response, we can't really scientifically say if they are truly able to see ghosts. All we know is that dogs can hear much better than humans, they can see much better in the dark, they also have a greater field of vision. And with stories like these, the skepticism revolving around the paranormal phenomenon has piqued the interest of many who believe in the otherworldly spirits. Moving on to the next story, this tale involves a lady who lives in a house that is haunted, but it is only until she meets a medium at one of her house gatherings on Halloween does she realize it is haunted by three separate ghosts, and one of them appeared to be standing right behind her. Stick around for this next story. I've been renting my house for my family friend for several years now. Since day one, I knew it was haunted. I could feel the energy change the moment I stepped inside, but I could also tell it wasn't necessarily negative. 
I'm not a stranger to the paranormal, so when little things would happen, like items moving or items going missing, inaudible conversations in other rooms, or even my dog looking at an empty corner or wall, I wouldn't usually react. I even nicknamed the ghost Bernadette and would jokingly ask her or it to stop. However, within the last six months, the activity has intensified. I have had individuals in my house who are complete skeptics, but they have witnessed glasses thrown across the room and shatter everywhere. Pictures falling from the wall and the sounds of someone or something walking down the empty hallway and hearing people talking that weren't there. I even had to have my brother check that my gas alarm was still active because of the random areas in the house smelling like rotten eggs. Halloween night, I had a very small get-together, about six people. And one of my guests brought her wife, who I had only met one other time. While my friends were playing games and passing out candy, my friend's wife, we would call her Emily, pulled me to the side, seemingly upset, and stated she needed to discuss something with me. She first asked if I knew about Mary. I'm running names through my head that my coworker had mentioned, and I've never heard of a Mary. I obviously tell her no, and she proceeds to tell me a very detailed story about my house. She explained that I had three spirits in my house, a spirit named Mary, a spirit named Franklin, and that I had a spirit who was always with me named Gary, she thinks. She stated Mary had died in the house a long time ago. Franklin had died on the land before Mary from a plowing accident and was still in his death state. She also confirmed my suspicions of extra activity. A few nights prior, in the middle of the night I was in bed and jumped up from my sleep from a huge bang against my bedroom wall and a picture falling onto the end of the bed. Obviously, I was startled, and especially spooked when I could see the indentation in my wall from what appeared to be something that hit it. I jokingly said, Not cool, Bernadette, and went back to bed. Emily knew about this. She knew he had hit my wall and said it was Franklin's way of trying to get my attention, that when things are thrown in the house or fall off the wall, that it was Franklin. Apparently, he is angry because I don't react. In my mind at this moment, I'm thinking, who the hell is this woman? I don't know her and I haven't told anything to her wife about my creepy house. So I ask, how do you know this stuff? And her response, still, as I am saying this, chills me to my bones. She says, because he is standing right behind you. My first reaction is to look behind me. There's nothing. Second reaction is to ask, why can't I see him? He doesn't want me to. Third reaction is, why does he want to scare me? He wants attention. Since that night, 
the activity in my previously mildly creepy house has been off the charts. I don't get spooked easy, and I have seen things that you will see on horror movies, but my house is scary. The energy has shifted. I feel like I am constantly on fight or flight mode. I am typing this at work because I feel like someone is constantly looking over my shoulder and I don't want whatever or whoever it is to read this. It's just my dog and me in the house and even he has been acting differently. I've caught him multiple times sitting in the hallway, looking at nothing, whimpering, and then he runs under the bed. I literally have to drag him out. When I'm changing clothes or taking a shower, I feel uncomfortable because I feel someone is watching me. The house is nearly unbearable to live in at the moment, and I've been at a loss of how to make it go back to my mildly spooky house. I have used Sage twice now, and I think it just pisses Franklin off. With that being said, I have amazing friends and connections to the historical site in my town. With some research I found Mary and some other interesting details. Mary Frank, 48, died suddenly in my house on August 26, 1919 from neuralgia. Her spouse, Charles Frank, held the funeral in my house. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find a Franklin yet. However, before the Franks occupied my house, it was a stable for horses. It could be a huge coincidence that Mary's last name is Frank, and maybe Emily didn't get a clear message. I'm honestly not sure. I have asked her since, and she still thinks his name is Franklin. She even came back to my house and told him to stop, but he won't listen. I do plan to keep researching the area for a man named Franklin, but I'm not sure there will be any documentation. Another interesting thing is that I do or did know a Gary, and he has actually been brought up before. Gary was my mother's best friend's husband, who passed away from a heart attack when I was young. At the time, we lived on 20 plus acres of land, and he loved to go hunting on our property. When he passed, it was his wishes to have his ashes spread on our land. I was told many years ago that Gary watched over me. I know the activity in my house is increasing. I'm not 100% sure why. Maybe because I'm more aware now. But I don't feel in danger. I never have because I know Gary is there protecting me. I'm going to attach a picture of Mary's obituary along with the lovely spot someone or something put in my wall. I'm sharing this maybe for Insider, just an interesting read. If you all have any input, I would love if you reached out. Pretty crazy story. Just imagine having friends who are total skeptics, who have never experienced a ghost or haunting. And the minute they walk in your house, 
Boom, a glass is somehow thrown across the room. Did you know based on a survey in late 2019, 45% of Americans said they believed in ghosts? To be honest, I kind of expected more at this point. Digging deep into the story, the medium at the party mentioned that Franklin was still in his death state. Apparently Franklin had been trying to get the poster's attention for quite some time, and in order to do this, he has to cause disturbances in the house. Why do you think Franklin is trying to get the poster's attention so much? Seeing that he is still in his death state, and based on the post by another Redditor, it is quite possible that Franklin has yet to realize he has actually passed. Or based on other comments, a much darker perspective. Since the poster couldn't find anything about Franklin, in addition to the smell of sulfur or rotten eggs around the house, it could be quite possible that Franklin's identity is fabricated and he could be a demonic entity. Could this be the reason that there's increasing activity in her home? Regardless, this is a truly terrifying tale. What would you do if you were in this situation? Would you try to get a priest to bless the house? Would you move out? One thing I could tell you is, I don't know what I would do, to be honest. I've never experienced something like that. Moving on to the last tale. This tale is about an odd occurrence that a boy experiences while out in the woods, camping with his Boy Scout troops. This story will make you shiver once you hear this. This happened to me when I was a teenager. I think it was the spring of 1998 when I was 14. My Boy Scout troop went hiking in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. I grew up in a very small town in Tennessee, and the boys in my troop were people I'd known my whole life, and we were all very close and knew each other very well and trusted each other. We'd been hiking for five days or so, and. It was miserable. It rained every day and we were all exhausted and sore and hungry and covered with blisters. The adults realized we'd bitten off more than we could chew and trying to hike a 60 mile trail, especially with the awful weather. So we'd changed course and gotten off trail to spend the night in a drive-in campground, the kind of place with hookups for RVs and picnic tables and fire pits a central bathhouse with showers and toilets. It was a very remote area far from town or a house. There may have been a few other small groups there, but if there were, we never interacted or saw any of them around. We were all filthy and wet and thus very excited about taking a hot shower. It was dark and we'd finished dinner group of five of my friends, including my friend Jeremy, who like everyone else in the group I had known since we were babies, headed up to the bathhouse, which was maybe a quarter mile walk through the pitch dark woods up a worn down gravel walking trail. I stayed behind to clean up, and after 10 or 15 minutes, followed them by myself. 
I had a weak little flashlight, the old incandescent kind, pre-LED, and I remember the woods were totally silent. When I got up about halfway to the bathhouse, I heard a noise to my left and looked over and saw my friend Jeremy standing by an old school manual water pump about 20 feet off the trail. The kind of pump where you raise and lower a handle to pump water up from a well. There was a strange light around him, like the moon had come out from behind the clouds. I was startled to see him there by himself in the woods off the trail. I asked him if he was already done with his shower. He seemed kind of sad and he said, Yeah, it's all yours. I said okay, and didn't think much of it until I got to the bathhouse. When I walked in the door, my friends were all in there, and I heard Jeremy talking from in the shower. All the blood drained out of my head, and all the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I had to sit down before I passed out. My friends were freaked out and wanted to know what was wrong, and I told them what had happened. They nervously made jokes about how I must have been smoking pot. This was long before any of us had experimented with any mind-altering substances, but I could tell that they believed me. Like I said, we'd known each other forever and knew when one of us was exaggerating or playing a joke. We all waited together until everyone was finished showering or brushing teeth and whatnot then walked back together in total silence. When we got to the spot I had seen, he was gone without a trace. The water pump was still there though, although no one noticed it before because it was a ways off trail and obviously not in use. We got back to our campsite and went to bed freaked out. I remember not sleeping much that night. In all the years since then, I've never been able to figure out what had happened. Was there a random teenage boy in the woods who looked just like my friend? Unlikely. Did I hallucinate it? Also unlikely. Who's to say? Such a creepy tale. Another Redditor asked in a comment section, how did the boy react to hearing that this mystery boy outside looked just like him? The poster claimed that the boy was disturbed, but since he was sort of the leader of the group, he kept his composure so that the other boys wouldn't get freaked out. One thing I would say, if this ever happened to me, I'm not sure if I could ever go back in the woods again, especially at night. What do you all think that was in the woods?